the Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Today's message, three things that happened to Jesus. And now here's Bishop Caldwell. Out at least three things that happened to Jesus. Three things that happened to Jesus. I want to call your attention to the book of Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. The fourth and fifth verses and verse 10. Isaiah 53, verses 4, 5, and 10. The Bible says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Three things that happened to Jesus. He was wounded for our transgression. Second thing. He was delivered for our offenses. Third thing. He was raised again for our justification. When we talk about Jesus and as we go through one celebration to the next celebration, whether it's Christmas or Easter, whether it's Ash Wednesday or whatever is going on in the religious arena out there, I think people oftentimes lose sight of the real reason that Christ came. Didn't come for us to garnish a Christmas tree. It's okay, I guess, if we do. He did not come for us to wear an ornate piece of jewelry symbolizing a T around our neck. And I guess it's okay if some do. And they call that the cross. It's not about a constant reminder of a babe in a manger. And it's good that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And John says we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. And I guess it's okay to pass out Easter eggs and hide them in the bushes. 
I guess that's okay. But have you perused lately the thought and embraced the fact as to why Christ actually came? He came to take away the sin of the world. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. For unto us a child is born. And unto us a son is given. He lived 33 years on this planet. And he lived a spotless, sinless life. And he did it for us. We were born in sin and we were shapen in iniquity. And the best effort that we put forth can never please God because we were born wrong. We walked and talked in a wrong manner. So this Christ of Calvary that was promised when our first parents fell into sin, Adam and Eve, God says, I'm going to send you a seed. And the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. And the serpent shall bruise his heel. Here God preaches the gospel. He is the first one to do it. The seed of a woman. A woman cannot conceive of herself without the aid of a man. But in this case Mary did it because Gabriel came to speak with her. And she was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. And the word was made flesh and placed in Mary's womb. So God's plan for redemption included his son Jesus Christ who is the center focal point of all that God had planned before the foundation of the world was laid. God knew that man would go astray. God knew that Adam would turn his back on God and that man would fall into trespasses and into sins. When we talk about and look at one of the first things that happened in this instance is that he was wounded for our transgressions. When we talk about wounded, we're talking about, and some of you that are in the med field can identify this word, it's called trauma. When a person has trauma, they are in to a dilemma and they are in need of some kind of help. So wounded means Christ was put in a traumatic situation. Wounded also means the stroke of death. Now can you imagine someone loving their son to the extent that they themselves are willing to kill him for people like us that were lost and undone and was not worshiping neither were we seeking the Lord. We were doing our own thing and we were without God in the world. But I'm glad that God took up the cause for us that we could not take up for ourselves. I'm glad that God decided what the penalty for sin would be. And I'm, God, I'm glad that God decided who would pay for the transgression of men. He was wounded for our, somebody say for me. He was wounded for our transgression. He took the stroke of death. He received a deadly wound that was inflicted by his father. He was smitten of God and afflicted. But the wound that he took 
was not like what you and I would receive. In other words, we're wounded sometimes from the outside. It may be a cut. It may be a bruise bumping up against something. And those of you that are like complexion, you already know it because you can see it on your arm or your elbow or your knee. Those that are sort of uh, deep dark. The wound might not be that visible. But when it came to Jesus being wounded, his wound took place from the inside. From the inside out. It struck him at the very core of his being. Down in his sanctified compartment that made him the God man is where God struck him with a death blow on the tree at Calvary. But he was not wounded for himself. He was wounded for our transgressions. Now when we talk about transgressions, what then are we saying? We are saying that a transgression is an overstepping of the limits. Oftentimes, we go too far. Have you ever seen a sign on the highway on a fence somewhere that says no trespassing? In other words, all that's on the other side of this fence and this sign on the side where you are, don't cross over this fence because you're going too far if you get over across the fence into this pasture. You're transgressing, you're trespassing. So the trespass means overstepping the limits. Now the law does not make men sinners. It makes them transgressors. That stop sign that's right out there on Rockwell and Highway 80. If you go that way out of the parking lot tonight, that stop sign is going to be there and it reads STOP. That stop sign does not make you run it. Could I get a witness in the house? It says to stop here. But if you choose to run it, you now become a transgressor because you went further than what was right. All men have sinned. So therefore, because of God's law and nobody could keep it, all men became transgressors. He was wounded for our transgressions. Some of us have gone too far. So the law doesn't make men sinners. It makes them transgressors. It shows us our shortcomings. That's what causes us to need someone who can keep the whole law and yet not condemn us for breaking it. Jesus is the justifier. And in the sight of God, we are justified by faith in Jesus Christ. There's no other way to get right with God other than to accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Isaiah said, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Why did he do that? So that we could have his joy. There is a great degree of inconsistency in the life of a child of God who's always not happy. Is something wrong with that picture? If all else failed, Jesus said, listen, 
Don't rejoice because demons are subject unto you, but rejoice rather because your names are written in heaven. If all else fail, we ought to think about where our names are written and rejoice in that fact because he carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. So when they looked upon Jesus, they looked upon him as one that God had rejected. They looked upon him as his sacrifice being nothing. And, and, and the prophet raises a question. Is it nothing to you that passed by? Does this crucifixion of this man mean anything to you? Does it speak to you in any kind of way that this man Jesus that hung on that cross that was smitten by his heavenly father and afflicted, does it mean anything that he became your substitute? Does it mean anything to you that passed by? Is it not a big deal? Yes, it is a big deal. It's such a big deal until God has sanctified the elements for the Lord's Supper and to abuse those elements can lead to your untimely death. It's a big deal. It's a big deal because Jesus paid the price for those of us who were guilty. And he was never guilty of anything except going about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised from the inside out for our iniquities. What are iniquities? It's lawlessness. It's lawlessness. And if you've ever met Jesus, it was because you had to meet him. Not too many folk get up on a Sunday morning or a Saturday evening and say, I'm going looking for the Lord because I need to find him. A lot of times when people do find him, they want him to do something like get a mortgage paid. Or to, you know, help me along the way. But Jesus came that we might have life. Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Christ died for the ungodly. And the reason a whole lot of people can't get saved in days like these is because they look at their own lives and they compare their life to somebody else's life and they say, well, I'm just as good as you are. And Paul says comparing themselves with themselves is not wise. Jesus is our standard. And when we try to measure up to him, none of us can make it. That's why the Bible says, for all have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God. In other words, all of us have missed the mark. Every one of us have missed the mark. And we had no way of saving ourselves because we could not force God to do anything. He would have to be the one that will come up with the solution to man's dilemma. What was man's dilemma? Man had sinned. So therefore all men became sinners. And when all men became sinners. That means mother and daddy were sinners. And they had a sinner. And when we had children. We had sinners. Because none of us can have a holy child. Hello. None of us can produce a holy child. That's going to take a born again experience. So one of the things that Christ willfully done or did is that he was wounded for our transgressions. What, what, what my blood was, was polluted. It had no saving efficacy in it whatsoever. 
being born wrong, how could I become right in the sight of a holy God who hates sin but loves sinners? God would have to set up the system in order for man to be approved under the system. And the system that he set up was the law. The first law was in Eden. You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou mayest not eat of that tree because the day you eat thereof, you're going to surely die. Adam disobeyed God. All men became sinners. One day with the Lord is as a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. So Adam's whole lifespan was 930 years. He died the same day he transgressed. But I thank God for his love for me. I'm talking about me now. I thank God for his love for me because when I was lost and when I was undone and when I was dead in trespass, think about it. You were dead in trespassing. You were dead in sin. Every one of us was dead in trespassing and dead in sin. Every one of us had gone too far. You say, well, I haven't done anything. Just by being born, we were born wrong. And there was no way that we could get it right. And still in days like these, there are people that think that they can come up with their own little system and get it right with God. You can't do it. Because a man has been killed for you. A man's blood has been shed for you and for me. And this is not just any man. This is the God man. You know, Jesus is so powerful. Just think about some of the things that he said when he was here. He said, I am the way. Not one of them. He says, I am the truth. What man on this planet can stand up and declare that he is the truth? The truth. Nobody can make that statement but Jesus. Now, a liar can say it all day long. And we all know that's a liar. He says also, I am the life, L-I-F-E, which tells us that there's no other way to get to God. There's no other truth that one can come up with. And there's no other life that a person can come up with. So then that means then that my life and your life before Christ was exactly that. It was my life and your life and it was on life support. Now to be willing to admit that we need a savior takes humility. Because man has become a law unto himself and oftentimes only calls on God when he needs a mortgage payment, car note, or something like that. But for salvation, oh man, you have to convince people today that they are sinners because they don't believe it. They don't believe it. It's only when men embrace the fact that he was, this man was wounded for me. I remember when I was a baby in Christ, reading the Bible, sitting in the backyard with my back up against the house, just reading the Gospel of Matthew. And I came over to the place where they began to lie on Jesus and Jesus was arrested. And then they crucified this man. I was a baby in Christ. I asked myself a question. Why did they do this man like that? Why did this guy lie on this man Jesus? What evil has he done that he would deserve to be put to death like he was put to death? And it came back to me, Fred, he died because you're a sinner. He died because you are a transgressor. 
You are a lawbreaker. You are an unworthy opponent. You are not able to save yourself. So that's why Christ went through what he went through to save you. And I can tell you tonight that's why Christ went through what he went through to save us. Because outside of him there's no salvation. And it's amazing to me that people trying to find another way to get to God. There's no other way to get to God than you come through Jesus. Jesus said no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now think about this. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with Christ. And not only was God with Christ, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. So then who is Christ? He is the God man. Who is Christ? He's the promised Messiah. He's the one that God promised that he would send and he came in the form of a seed and he was born of a virgin in Bethlehem. And he walked the dusty lanes of Galilee. And he blew the minds of those in the temple when he was only 12 years of age. Joseph and Mary had gone a day's journey and had missed Jesus and went back when he was 12 years of age. Found him in the temple answering the questions and blowing people's minds. And the way it's set down in the word is that they walked upon him answering these deep questions. And it blew their mind that their child was this in tune with God. And the first recorded words of Jesus are these. Whist know you not that I must be about my father's business. He was 12 years of age. And he knew what he was called to do. He knew that he came into this place to die for sinners like us. Listen, there are some of us that are only nice to people that are nice to us. When they stop being nice to us, guess what? We ain't nice to them no more. But think about the way that we've done the Lord. The Lord has been good to some of us, just a few of us in here. And when you think about how good God has been to you, how much do we give it back in praise? How much do we give God back, you know, glorification for all the good that he has done for us? Because some people, no matter how much you do for them, it's still not enough. So Jesus became our appeasement. In other words, his blood became our propitiation. In other words, he had to get to that cross. In other words, Christ unlike us, we came in here to live. He came in here to die. And to be specific about it, he came to die for the sins of the whole wide world. So therefore, he freely gave his life. I want to show you something. Go to John's Gospel chapter 12. John's Gospel, chapter 12. And key in on verse 27. He was wounded for our transgressions. Make no mistake about it. That's why if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. All right. In John's Gospel, chapter 12, and let me pick up on verse 23. And Jesus answered them saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. 
And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spoke to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he says signifying what death he should die. So Christ was born on time. Come on somebody. Christ performed miracles on time. Everything he did made him an on time God. Yes it did. Today's message, three things that happened to Jesus. FC2524, FC2524 is now available on CD for only $10. And it may be purchased by calling Know Your Bible at 318-938-1885 or you can mail in your request to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana 71119 or email us greenwoodacres at comcast.net. Now the question is, will I do his will and There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the questions are Hello, this is Bishop Caldwell. 
And this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before. And you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you.